Welcome to today's episode of Journeys with Jesus. Today we will be exploring Mark chapter 13, verses 24 to 37. This is the second half of the very interesting prophetic statements that Jesus gives concerning the temple and the coming of the Son of Man. Scholars have so many different opinions on what exactly Jesus is speaking about. But most agree that in these prophetic words of Jesus, there is both a near prophetic warning of the destruction of Jerusalem's temple and the judgment against Israel, and a more distant prophetic warning about the return of Christ and an urgency for those of us who belong to him to be prepared while not seeking to predict his coming, known only to the Father. So as we prepare our hearts to enter into the gospel today and invite the Spirit to speak, let's just open with a word of prayer. Holy Spirit, would you open our hearts, open our minds and our ears, humble us to lay aside our preconceived ideas, and allow you to speak. Spirit, would you make Jesus known to us that we would encounter him in the pages of scripture? Meet us here, O oh God, as we pray these words that King Jesus has given us. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. May your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Mark chapter 13, verses 24 to 37. At that time, after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send out his angels to gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you can know that his return is very near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene before all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear but my words will never disappear. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself, only the Father knows. And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard, stay alert. The coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. 
When he left home, he gave each of his slaves instructions about the work they were to do, and he told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. You too must keep watch, for you don't know when the master of the household will return. In the evening, at midnight, before dawn or at daybreak, don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone, watch for him. In this passage, we find Jesus speaking of the coming of the Son of Man, a title closely connected to his own identity. See, he draws a direct link between his upcoming ascension and vindication, the ending of the old covenant and the beginning of the new. He connects this directly to the prophecy spoken by Daniel. What exactly does it mean that Jesus is the Son of Man. Because the Son of Man was more than a title. It was more than a description. It was a claim to divinity and kingship. Right? In this title, Jesus affirms that he is the promised Messiah, the one who will be given dominion, glory, and a kingdom, according to Daniel 7, verse 14. This passage reminds us of Jesus' own divine authority and his return as the ruling king of heaven and earth. But Jesus doesn't clearly define for us whether this is speaking of his return at the end of all things or his coming on the clouds with great glory, as Daniel sees in his vision, where the Messiah the Son of Man is elevated into the throne room of God and seated in the seat of authority. So for Jesus, the coming of the Son of Man in this prophecy may refer to both the judgment coming against Jerusalem and the warning that his disciples must be prepared to be scattered as his messengers to then go and gather in from the furthest edges of the world all who will call on the name of Jesus. But at the same time, to be a warning and reminder that in the same way that the Son of Man came in his vindication in 70 AD, he will return as the ruling and reigning king to restore all things and usher in the fullness of his kingdom in the new heavens and new earth. But something he makes very clear is that while we are called to be prepared, to be watchful, we do not get to know the time. It is not our job to calculate the day or the hour, but to live faithfully as followers of Jesus, to proclaim to the edges of creation the good news that Jesus is king and there is a way to life and it is found through him. Because no one, not even the angels in heaven or King Jesus himself, knows the hour, but the Father only. So sometimes, as, especially as we approach things like eschatology, uh, the last things, the coming of Jesus, the return of the King, the new heavens and new earth, sometimes we can find ourselves becoming proud, arrogant, puffed up in knowledge, arguing over things that ultimately we can't know until they happen. 
That's not the motivation Jesus gives us. No, we are called to be faithful stewards of what he's given us, to use our gifts wisely, to love and serve wisely, to honor God and proclaim the gospel. So as we go about our day-to-day life in mindfulness that Christ will return, that King Jesus is coming back to make all things new, do we live our lives motivated by fear, motivated by a paranoid desire to predict when the end is coming and interpret all the possible signs? Or do we live faithfully obedient to the commands of Jesus, proclaiming the good news to all we come in contact with? As we read this passage a second time, I'd invite the Spirit to just show us what it means to watch and wait. Holy Spirit, would you open our hearts and minds? Help us to sit at the feet of Jesus in this passage, to learn from him what it means to be faithful and obedient, to watch and wait. Mark chapter 13 verses 24 to 37. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not shed its light. The stars will be falling from the sky and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the son of man coming in clouds with great power and glory. He will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, recognize that he is near, at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Now concerning that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Watch, be alert, for you don't know when the time is coming. It is like a man on a journey who left his house, gave authority to his servants, gave each one his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to be alert. Therefore be alert, since you don't know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at the crowing of the rooster or early in the morning. Otherwise, when he comes suddenly, he might find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to everyone, be alert.
that's it for this week. I think that sometimes as we meditate on passages like this, we can allow ourselves to become too caught up in trying to work out every little detail and find the hidden meaning. And while it's good to studiously dive into scripture and unpackage it, dig into the context and understand it better, remember that the goal of the scriptures is always to point us to the living word of God, King Jesus himself. So when we read any passage, but especially one that has so much interesting details that we can dig into. Remember that the Bible isn't about information, but transformation. That we would encounter Jesus in its pages. I'm going to pray a blessing over us as we go. Holy Spirit, would you bless us with the presence of Jesus? Remind us in the depths of our being, that we walk with the living God. Amen.